to the Wealth Radar podcast, where we scan the landscape and navigate the noise of investing in personal wealth. I'm Paul Fowler, and after his European tour for three months, like three it seemed months. like three months, I'm again joined by uh, my brother Jason. Um, you'll know we had Dad step in for the last couple of podcasts, so hopefully Jason remembers what he's what he's got to do here. I'm, I'm sure he does. Um, But we're both certified financial planners from Fowler's Group, and today what we'll be discussing are the financial scams and cyber securities. Welcome back to Australia, Jase. Yeah, it's really good to be back. Had a great trip. Um, Originally, we had planned today to share some of the learnings of the the Gaia trip and stuff that happened um, while we were there, but uh, we're going to push that to another episode Mm. because something came up early this week that I think is uh, a topic that everyone needs to be ever present about and it's a growing issue which is financial scams and cyber security um, and so we're going to talk through the high level of that and what people should be aware of and then we're going to share a very unfortunate experience that uh, I had to help uh, one of our elderly clients through earlier in the week that got caught Mm. This time last week, and yeah. thankfully they've let us um, share their story. Yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky earlier in the week to um, have uh, some discussions with um, uh, someone from one of one of the major banks that we use yep. to just to, to talk through their processes and and talk about the reality of the cybercrime, which to me I found very interesting. Um, for those that don't know, Jason's probably all over the the cybercrime, and I'm a little bit more, I guess. Blase, we're quite opposite in a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, the, the information that we got given in that half an hour, 45 minutes, just just blew me away. Um, and I think it's really important that we, we try and get the message across to as many people, certainly our clients or people listening to this, that um, are things to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's almost a community service message today. Mm. I mean, and as you said, I'm someone that's, well, not saying I'm not um, someone who's going to get caught, but I'm probably a little bit more vigilant than others. Mm. I mean, I shared in the in the meeting, and we'll, we'll go in the details, but I shared in the meeting, with, we're travelling through Europe, my mobile phone has never connected to a free network since I've had it, Yeah, which makes travelling sometimes really, really difficult. Um, but we carry so much personal information for clients um, and, you know, access websites and all mm. sorts of stuff that has that, that we've just got to, in our game, we've got to be more vigilant. Than yep. others. I mean, it, the interesting thing they started uh, um, and shared was just some statistics. And so Accenture, which is one of the major consulting firms of the world, estimated that cyber attacks over the last five years globally to the end of 2021 have cost something in the order of 5.2 trillion US dollars. Yep. That's fascinating, isn't it? And the um, ACCC in Australia... Their ScamWatch service, which is a great service, and we're going to talk about some tips that they've got on that, it estimates that in Australia last year for 2022, Australians lost $381 million. Yeah, yeah that, those statistics blew me away. And the, and the interesting thing on top of that, that's probably the absolute minimum. Yes. Because that, that's of people that have actually reported it. And when we talk about later and how they, they hook you in and get you in, there's a lot of people that don't report it simply because... Embarrassment. You know, embarrassment and can't believe it's happened to them. Um, and the other interesting fact I found is that a bulk of that money, they're all small. Yes. They're small, all small amounts. They don't go for the, and when I say small amount, you know, 10,000, maybe 20,000 max, which is a large amount, but they don't go for, you know, hundreds and 200 because they keep the um, the regulators off their off their backs if they go for the smaller amount. So it's, 
it's thousands and thousands of people getting done. It has to be for that yeah, amount of money. Absolutely. And, and one of the things, the, re- the other reason they go for smaller amounts is because, you know, the large um, policing forces mm. of the world aren't, you know, really interested in chasing a single or putting effort into one single transaction that's 9000 bucks. They're actually, yeah. that, what they're doing is hopefully getting the aggregate of those numbers and then chasing the scams. But lots of people are doing this with basically... Unfortunately, the people, the bad actors, the crims on the other side of this, um, they're getting away with it because, you know, people either aren't reporting it or the numbers are so small that they're really not yeah. getting chased and they're literally pinching the money, sticking it in a crypto exchange in, va- in the vast majority of cases and they're away. It's so, um, as you're going to find, it's so scary. The, the amazing thing is he, he mentioned there's um, commercial buildings, like 20, 30, 40 storeys high office block buildings hundred percent devoted with people in there scamming people around the world yep I mean that's just it's like a, it's like a business operation yeah absolutely it's, yeah and that's just Crazy. scale right it's high high turnover low margin right yep. so as normal business the low margin in that low amounts of money but if you get lots mm. of it, it adds up really really quickly well let's let's just talk through the I guess the different types of yeah we'll call cyber crime or, or however we want to want to place it um, we'll start through so that 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 the initial one are the, what they call the phishing attacks. Yeah. So they get you through the um, through emails, and is that the, the the way they do it generally? The the phishing. Yeah, that's, well, it's 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 become more um, SMS as much as email now, but it's mm. the old you know Nigerian prince thing from a million years ago that was yeah. very obvious was going to send you a million dollars if you just gave him his bank account. Yeah. Um, and but they've got more and more sophisticated in that, you know, they tend to be using high profile companies like PayPal, Australia Post, the banks, mm. and they've actually got quite good as it, at replicating and making themselves look like they're legit in their rooms. So they put a fair bit of infrastructure into making the emails now, not as obvious to pick, yep. but often it's the language that goes in the emails that is the stuff it doesn't, you know, it yeah. doesn't read the way or, you know, so that's the, that's one thing, and that's generally the way in most cases that phishing attack or some form of phishing attack leads to an email compromise, right? Yep. Because at the end of the day, the biggest threat in all of cybercrime is humans, right? We get caught because we're busy, um, we're doing things. They generally, you know, a lot of online stuff happening now, so people have got packages. That's another one, Amazon or uh, Australia Post, and you, you're expecting a consignment notice or a tracking thing yeah. or whatever and you just accidentally click something and you don't even realise what you've done. But they've generally that is the way they get into people's email boxes and that is the scary part because once so, they're in there, they don't act straight so away. So is phishing, the, what are they looking at there? Are they looking to get your bank account details or are they just looking to get your detail, your date of birth, your, your ID basically? Generally, what, look, what are they looking for? So it, it's some form of ID if they can get it, right? So the phishing link then sometimes take you to a website and they ask for some information, particularly and, on text messages and now. And why do they want that? What, so if all they got is your ID, what do they use that for? How is that? Well, they use it as a means of creating accounts that when they pinch from someone, it's your credentials uh, yeah. that you know you get caught up in the loop because of stolen credentials right yep. um but the other thing that the main a lot of these are really doing is they want access to your inbox yeah so they can sit and listen that's the mm. scary part and they can sit there for months and the story we're going to tell yeah. um later that's essentially what has happened although it's almost impossible to figure out when that breach occurred mm. but they just sat and listened and you'll as we share the story they gathered a lot of information that meant that 
they were able to convince these people that they were not they were who they yeah, made them think that they no, were they someone were, they weren't. Which is which is what Ryan was talking about the other day, certainly in regards to small business. Yeah. Um, the, the email compromise and, and taking over inboxes. And, again, another flag for me or, or something I just was not aware of is if they can, they can just – it's not necessarily my inbox that's been compromised as a, as a business owner. It's, it could be the supplier's inbox mm-hmm. that's compromised and, and you're going back and forwards with them. And they, they literally can sit there for eight, nine, ten months – just watching how you do things, the wording you use when you're talking to your suppliers or your suppliers are talking to you, and then they find the appropriate time when to step in, take over the supplier's inbox and just flick a message to you. You know none of, nothing different. Yeah, and he used, Change the account details and yeah. there you go. He used an example, so a real example that had happened where these people were communicating back. It was almost like a live email chat, mm. not live chat, but it was happening over email and the the bad actor just waited for a pause in the conversation and then was able to just slip in and go, yeah, that thing we just ordered, oh, you know, we, we need to change the bank account to this for whatever reason and, and did it and, and essentially the payment was made. The, the good news in the story is the payment was made and then they went, oh, they rang the guy and said, oh, we've just paid, did you get the money? And he went, no, it's not there. And they said, oh, we paid a new account. He said, I knew, no, didn't have yeah. a new account. And it was a relatively short period of time and the bank was able to catch the money and yeah. bring it back. But... It's so sneaky, right? It's oh, it's crazy. Well, of that, of the three, well, that was the number three hundred eighty-one million that you mm. said in twenty twenty-two. Um, Ryan mentioned that simply through the the business emails and and taking over the inbox, two hundred twenty-seven or two hundred thirty thousand, two hundred thirty million of that was because of email purely mm. due to email compromise. So for small business owners, you just You've got to be aware of this. Yeah, and we'll talk about some common tips and things that you can do at the end to to avoid this, but essentially the biggest one is just always double-check verbally everything you do, Mm. right? Even if you think that you're talking to the person that you're talking to and you talk to them all the time and you communicate with them and you're buying regular things, if something changes, the best defence is get on the phone and actually – but get on the phone and ring the number that you know. Now, sometimes that doesn't even work because potentially they've got control of the mobile as well, but – um, but at least that's a step. Always, if in doubt, ring an ass. So, so, so I got. A, I was I was talking to my mates this morning over a coffee, and um, uh, one of the blokes mentioned, um, and runs a very successful full business here, and, and still sends invoices um, with bank details and what have you. And I mentioned, yeah, they said, no, don't don't send your bank details over emails. Um, and his question was, I didn't have the answer to it because I said I'm not I'm not all over this stuff. How, if you send your bank details, how how can you be at risk there? So how, how can they? What can they do with your bank details? Because they can't get India. No, but what they what they potentially do if they're watching your inbox is when you send it, they capture that, they grab that email and that invoice attached to it, mm-hmm. and they edit the PDF and change the bank details. Ah, uh, gotcha. Right, yep. so that when the person who is paying you receives the invoice, because they only ever get one, right? Yep. They get the one that's yep. been edited. It has the different they bank details it. in it, and and they just put yep. oh, and as you would have seen, mm. any you've probably seen a lot of people go on oh, new bank details when they because people do legitimately change bank yeah. accounts. Like we've just been the bank that we work with um, personally and for business, just changed their BSB number. You know the yep. drama that yep. that was, right? Yep. And so we had to communicate that change to all of the people that pay us. Mm. Now, 
historically we would have done that by just when we send a bill out, go uh, updated bank, please be aware the BSB numbers changed or the bank details have changed and people would have just gone, okay, and good. And now what, what they're relying on is that no one would verbally double check that. They go, okay, well, that's legitimate. Like yeah. it, it's happened. And then they just pay the wrong bank account. Yep. Yep. So it's, yeah. it's part of, it's not necessarily sense. that they can steal from the person sending the invoice because they put their bank details on. They've just given them the opening to actually edit it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like it's, you know, they're just working on small margins, all right? And one of the things that which is will just will just lead to, like we've touched on, and then of course there's the sorry, the other couple there's some really sophisticated investment scams, you know, where they're targeting community um, um, consumers directly and with really fancy brochures, really smicko yeah. websites. But the interesting thing that that Ryan showed in that presentation that he did is that the further and deeper you get into those scams and you once they've got you and moved you down, the less sophisticated and the, and, uh, the poorer <laughs> or the less amount of money that's spent on trying to look impressive, right? But generally, they've got you through the door, they've got the key amount, you've made a commitment and potentially yeah, upfront, provided what some details. to start with is, is professionally, professionally done and, and that's what sucks you in, I guess. Yeah, and he you actually know. showed an, an example of um, mm. an S, S scam Yep. for his bank um, where the link that you clicked on, the mobile website that it took you to, was almost identical to their version of it, right? It was hosted in a different part of the world and it just progressed. Remember we walked through? It was yeah. so scary. Yeah. Yeah, put, first question and put this in, it was a bit innocuous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they get you and you get the next one they want for more. And then ultimately after about four screens, they'd ask mm. people to give up their driver's licence, their mm. credit card details, that like... And it seemed legitimate. Insane. Yeah. Right? Yep. And they just, like, if you get the first one, they've got something. The more you click and the more you yep. get, the bigger the profile, the more useful your identity, even if they don't pinch from you, your identity is to use to filter money when they pinch yep. from someone else. The scary thing he said is as soon as you've entered some information, no matter how small it is, they got you. Mm-hmm. Well, they're listening. So they're yeah. listening. You're in. Yeah. Yep. And then they're listening for 10 months, nine months to yeah. yeah. And they've got control of your mobile phones and there's lots of information out there. And, you know, um, no mobile phone is secure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, all the stuff on Scamwatch that I've been reading and ID and the Consumer Commission, iPhones are more secure than Android phones, but they're still not infallible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so they're just trying to get control of your, either your SIM number. And the reason for that now is because a lot of two-factor authentication that people have got used to is a text code. Yep. Right. And people think, oh, well, it doesn't matter if I give that because I've always got my mobile phone, the two-factor authentication. I can get that. But if you've clicked on a link through an SMS, potentially they've got they've got access got to access that as to well. Detail. Yeah. And they're reading it just as you're reading it. Yeah. Plus all your history of all your messages. Plus yeah. all your, you know, it's just all phones. How many photos have we got sitting on phones? Like, yeah, they exactly. can build a massive profile. They can build a Facebook profile. Like, it's insane. So with... With the, the social media applications, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, how, do, how do they fare with all this? I mean, surely the, the security on those sites, they must, they must pay a lot of dollars to have those protected, do they? Or, or are they a, a weak link? They're a massive weak link. Yeah. Because how many people two-factor authenticate their Instagram account? Yeah, true. Yeah. No. Right? And how many times have you seen a note that someone says, don't accept an invite, a personal invite from me, I've been hacked yeah, on Facebook? True. Like it happens all the time. Yep. Right? And they're doing that as an identity theft, but they're trying to build a profile to use you 
mm. in the crime. So there is plenty of stories, if you do any research and reading, where people have got caught up in cybercrime thinking where the police and the, the security forces think that they're the person that actually committed the crime when it was just their identity that yeah. was used, right? Yep. Um, and so I think before we get into the, the story, I think one of the really important things we can do is just run through these top tips that sit on the um, consume, the Scamwatch website, which is just scamwatch.gov.au. Um, and some they say some common signs to spot a scam. Number one, an amazing opportunity to make or save money. Yeah. Right? They're trying to trick you in believing you're getting an incredible deal. And what are they playing to there? Mm, greed. Greed. Right, human yep. behaviour, right? Yep. And you'll, as you'll and hear as we go through this, a lot of what they do, they might use technology as the means of getting in. Mm. It's psychological and human behaviour that they're leveraging to get the money out. Yeah, look, and, and we, we've said it previously, but they're, they're promoting high returns, low risk generally. Yep. And any of those investment toll, toll mm. high risk, look, you can't fail. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if you see something like that, there's a red flag up, investigate a bit further. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone that you haven't met needs your help and your money, right? Somewhere, yeah, or even sometimes he used it because AI is getting so powerful. Remember, he, he told the story that there's a case now that happened in the UK mm. where you know they used to do um, voice authentication. That AI is now that good that they're actually replicating people's voices accurately. In fact, one of the things I will touch on in Gaia when we talked about AI and we did a lot, we'll we'll have a whole session on it is that actually played a video of a person, the original script of a yeah. person talking, and then they showed an AI version of that same scene with that same person talking, only different words came out of their mouth and you like you wouldn't, was have, a, known. You wouldn't have known. Yep. And yep. so, the, you know, one of the good news is out of that story is that you'll never watch a dubbed Netflix show again and have to have the mouth do something different to the words. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately it's just deep yep. fake, right? Yeah, well, Ryan mentioned there that there's a case that, that, that just happened purely around that, with it, which is a ransom case where they've obviously um, been able to listen to a mother and daughter's phone calls throughout mm -hmm. the time. They've used AI to um, basically build the daughter's profile and voice and the way she speaks, um, and they used that to call the mother and basically said, look, mum, I've been kidnapped. I need you to pay this money to... Well, they're not. They're not going to free me. Yeah, and that, that's a, that's a live case that actually yeah. happened. And the, and, the, and the, obviously the mother did. Yeah, and yeah. the call came from the Wouldn't kids' know any phone. Different. Yeah, came from the kids' phone. Fascinating, right? Um, the other obvious one, you know, is messages that have links or attachments in it, and that's a big tip. If you, I, I say to anyone who asks me, if in doubt, press delete, because if it's real. There'll be a follow-up and generally yep. someone will ring and go, why didn't you do that? Because oh, I wasn't sure. Yep. Another tip that I use, um, especially with older clients because they're getting quite good at, un at making things look right, but they can't – they generally don't go to the level of making sure that the email address, whilst it appears in your email message when you first receive it, looks good. If you just hit the forward button, don't actually send it, but in your mail I hit the forward button, it actually shows you the – generally the true address it came from, which will not actually be what's visually displayed. Now, some really successful hackers get that right, but most don't bother because most people don't look. And yeah. so it's really easy to scare. Yeah. And it, it, interestingly, since I've just come back from the, the um, from Europe, this, I don't know whether it was coincidence, but just this week on the same, no, oh, I think it was yesterday, 
four of the staff members here got an email supposedly from me from a Google account, which because my personal email account mm. is a Google account, that actually is just saying, hey, you're in the office, I need to chat. Yeah. All right. Now, no one responded to because obviously I'm in the office, but it was just interesting because it came within a couple of hours in that session we did going, well, there's obviously someone trying to pretend to be you. Like, yeah, there you go. Scary, right? Yep. Um, the other big one, and, we'll, and this is part of what we're going to talk about in the live case, is generally you've started. they start to pressure you to act quickly. They're doing something mm. because they don't want you to give you time to think, and that's one of the, the things that comes out in this next thing. Um, the other thing generally is if you argue, get down something, and this is particularly when you're buying something, they usually change and want some abstract way that you pay them, right? Yep. And I know we, we were going to talk about it later, but I think it's probably a good time to bring it up now that I don't know if anyone's sold anything on Gumtree or Facebook Marketplace recently, but you get about 99 invalid bad actors oh. for every one person who's actually real, right? Yeah, I've got a great story there actually. A little bit of a segue on it because yeah. this only happened um, yesterday, Rob. This okay. is a Facebook Marketplace one. I oh, bloody hate using it, but I've used it. Yeah. One, because just people ask too many questions when they're trying to sell something. <laughs> you know, for the basic stuff, yeah, stop asking questions. It's, it's 10 bucks, mate. And, and then you do. You, you know, you generally know whether someone's yep. real or not. Anyway, so uh, my young fella's selling a heap of um, Xbox games, right? He okay, wants to make yep. a bit of money, a bit of entrepreneur. He's got heaps he doesn't use, so he wants to make a bit of coin. So he uses my Facebook Place. marketplace. So I'm getting all these messages. Anyway, there's one of these, I think it was UFC 3. Zorion wanted to buy <laughs> UFC 3 and he was talking back and forwards for ages. And I thought, oh, no, this is fake. Anyway, he'd organised, he wanted my phone number and address to pick it up. And um, I said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, right, mate, I'll, I'll work in Lake Street so you can come to my office, Lake Street, and this is like the, the landline. Yep. Give me a call. Anyway, he he um, he sent me a a message on marketplace. So I said, "I'm I'm here, I'm out the front near the taxi rank." So there's a taxi rank just out the front of our office. So I've walked out and and walked down the the street, and um, there was this bloke that was sitting on the the steps, <laughs> and I've walked out really excited. So game mate, how you going? Yeah, got the game here. <laughs> and this bloke, he obviously had a huge night. He just looked up at me with his glassy eyes and just gone, huh? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh no, and then, and then within a split second, this I hear this young fella voice right behind me saying, uh, "Yeah, mate, I'm here. I'm behind you." Anyway, this young dude had rocked up on a hotted up bloody electric scooter, um, and he was the actually one getting the disc. It was just funny. Yeah, I've just, oh, that must be the bloke there. Yeah, and, yeah. No, nah. wasn't. And it wasn't well, him. But least, anyway, Zorion was real, so that was good. There you go. Yeah, because normally what they do with mm. face, with Facebook messaging, if you get into a conversation, I mean, obviously they want to buy things without looking at it or they want you mm. to ship it there. But they always want to pay by PayPal or pay ID because pay oh, ID has yeah. become the good thing. But they generally, here's my tip on this, is that often they say, oh, so you give them a mobile number because people set up pay ID. It's actually a really convenient way to get remunerated, right? It's instant. You don't have to give bank details. You know, it's all linked in the banking system. And they go, oh, no, but we use business pay ID, so I need your email address as well as your mobile number. Yeah, okay. uh, Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. And all they're doing is just building a profile. It's another yep. piece of information that goes on and goes on. Anyway. Can I, I just want to touch base, just before we go on to the, yep. this, the actual real-life scenario that we've had with one of our clients before you run through that, um, probably more so for business owners is 
one to make sure you have what's called cyber insurance that is around there. Yes, you can actually absolutely you can get it, um, and it is worth shopping around and looking at the the detail of what you're actually covered for. Um, and one of the big things that it's come out of it talking to one of the brokers that that we deal with, if you even if you have cyber insurance and um, you feel like you've been compromised. Mm-hmm. The big thing he, he said is don't try and don't try and fix it yourself first. Oh, hell because no. all the in, the insurers have a process that you must go through for your for your policy to actually be valid. Be valid. So if you've tried to fix it yourself in any form or fashion, that actually could compromise your your claim. Because the insurers have people set up to talk to the people doing the ransom and, and, and what have you. So I think that's just a really important tip. One, have a policy, which yep. I think most people have, but if you don't, you should. And you should and, read the policy details the because details. what does it cover? Does it cover the recovery? Does it cover the um, getting your system back? Does it cover the recovery of records? And what yep. can and you as not do? As soon as you're aware yep. that you, you let them you, know, you to contact the insurer. Absolutely. Otherwise, it could be um, invalid. Um, right, hey, let's let's have a little talk about. Oh, sorry, Wendy and. Um, Wendy and Bob. Bob story, Jason. Yeah. So I think this is, you know, this is was, you know, it's it's a really interesting one. So I'll give you just a, you know, they've they've said that they're happy for me to share the the story. I won't give their full names and whatever. Um, we'll call them Wendy and Bob. Um, but they had actually been the, the little bit of backstory of all of the clients that we deal with, like elderly clients. This is one client. This client I wouldn't have thought we would have got. It actually wasn't my client. Um, it was um, one of the other advisors here, but he wasn't around when I, you know, where they came in distressed. Like they turned up on our doorstep at probably nine o'clock on Monday morning, just distressed because they had been scammed. Um, and basically this person um, was doing some investigation. I big into you know, hit... Um, family history and whatever and been doing some research and they were on a valid website. It was actually one of the local council's websites um, looking up grave information and burial information, which they she had done lots of times. And this is one of those stories you'll see that obviously these people had been watching and looking for a pattern of behaviour, right? Um, so she was wanted to, to, to found what she wanted and she needed to pay for it on the website, which was common, it's a couple of bucks or whatever it is to pay for this piece of information. And so she went through the payment system and got one of the ID checks, you know, click on all the squares that got a traffic light in them or whatever the case may be. Um, and she did that. And as, she, as soon as she finished that and verified that she was hum, human, her computer froze, completely locked. Nothing happened. And this message popped up that said, your computer's being compromised from being on a site. Um, please call Apple security. Now, it was late-ish on a Friday afternoon, which is also a relatively common sign. Many, many of these happen mm-hmm. late in the afternoon for obvious reasons that will become apparent in a minute. Anyway, so she panicked. Now, it was a very well-done pop-up, right? Mm. She only uses Apple devices. <laughs> so, yep. you know. That made sense to made, her. Made sense at yep. some level. Yep. Um, she had been paranoid because her identity stuff had been caught up in a whole bunch of cyber breaches, not least of which were Optus and so like two or three of these things in recent times. Um, earlier this year, she'd had all her ID and stuff changed and changed all her passwords because of all of this breach. So she was relatively mm-hmm. vigilant and had complicated passwords and stuff, password managers, most of which were on Apple. Um, anyway, so they got the appearance. So she... 
the first mistake she made, which is obvious, she dialed the number. She rang the number and it didn't answer. Um, or I can't, remember, I can't remember if it didn't answer or it was leave a message or whatever, but I think it didn't answer. And so she hung up and within about 30 seconds of hanging up, the phone rang. Her phone rang back with someone saying, oh, sorry, we've just missed your call. It's Apple security, you know, well, how can we help? And anyway, so she went through. Now, she asked a whole bunch of questions after about 10 minutes of what she thought would be means of identifying these people were actually who they were. Mm-hmm. They, they did everything that made it stack up, right? Um, anyway, long story short is after eight hours on a telephone. Eight hours. Eight hours they had her on a telephone. They had managed to convince her to log into some banking sites, to do a payment, to down. Well, the first thing that, that, that they did once they convinced her they were Apple security was they got her to download a piece of software called AnyDesk, which is a help desk software that, you know, people who have valid IT relationships with firms, it sometimes allows them to see what you're doing. It's like mm-hmm. when you share a screen in Teams, right? Yep. And you get full control of the computer. So that's commonly referred to malware, which is the first step. One, they want to hook you, and two, they want control of your computer, right? And so essentially they were doing all the normal security checks, all the Apple stuff, and then they said, you know, eventually went far enough and gained enough trust that they then just pushed them. And and eventually they got her to log into a banking software. Um, They watched what was going on. She had never actually transacted. It was one of the accounts that we manage. Mm. Um, She'd never transacted on that account before any transaction she'd ever done before had been done by us through manual paperwork. Yep. She'd come in, sign stuff. So she didn't. So they taught her, they walked her through the whole process. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly how the system worked. Anyway, she went through, she did a payment. The payment actually, the first payment that she made actually got caught by the bank. Right, yeah. Froze it. They obviously expected it to happen. So they said, oh, you know, no, this is because of this. This often happens when you're doing it for the first time. You need to ring the bank and confirm that it's you doing it. Yep. Which she did. Obviously wasn't the bank she rang, or she did ring the and bank. And she rang the bank. Yeah. And they said, we're she said, oh, no, you've done this. You said that was me. Yeah, gave him the amount, gave it where it was going. And so they released the funds because they valid. They went all the they security. Valid. So it actually was the proper bank. Did all that. Now, in the meantime, her husband had been in and out. He'd been hearing this conversation. They were both convinced early now as it went later she became more and more suspicious but they managed to keep her under pressure like it's one of the things that i said to her what like, what, what was she what were they wanting what, what they were wanting her months oh because they were saying we need to do this what? i can't even remember the exact details but they basically convinced they'd do that and it'd bounce back and that it would confirm whatever anyway oh. they did this anyway she said openly to me like she was super embarrassed when she came yeah, in yeah. on monday yeah. she, i said you know, I understand it. Like this, many, you know, there's millions of people get caught. You know, millions of this stuff mm. happens every year. But what they did, she said, there was little things that she looks back now that were alarm bells that were going off, but they never gave her time to think. They were yeah. just constantly talking to her, peppering her, doing this, doing that. So she just didn't pause, right? And I said, and that's my biggest tip to anybody in this, is if you're in a situation like the best thing you can do is hang up, right? Yeah. Now, if it's valid, they'll ring you back. Or you ring them back, but just you need thirty seconds to think, because she anyone in this point, if she'd have had thirty seconds or a minute to actually clear her brain and think, she, she would have realised what she'd done. You know, they wouldn't have got as far as they did. 
What uh, in this might not matter, but was there a certain um, nationality or, or accent from that person on that line? Did she say not there that was, matters now because people? There, use there was one early, but they everywhere. they over they overcame that, right? So yep. there was one that she had early and she couldn't understand as well. But let's put a second person on yeah. that, their manager, yeah. right? Yep. Anyway, sad news out of this is that they actually got a reasonable sum of money over three transactions. Now, she they also got control of her phone. So her laptop, her phone, and her computer, and her sorry, her, her her main desktop computer and her phone, but her laptop that she had or their laptop mm. is also linked to all the same stuff, right? And so she, so the next morning, so that was a Friday. She got off the phone about very late on Friday night. Sort of realized, sort of realized that she'd probably been done, but didn't actually do anything until Saturday morning when she mm-hmm. woke up and realised all the money was gone and it wasn't back. Now, they had pinched money from this account that we managed, another bank account that she had with a different institution because they'd obviously had, well, she, they had her distracted on a computer, they're going and finding passwords and whatever else, right? So they got in and pinched that. Now, that, that account only had a few hundred dollars in it, but they bought a shopping gift card with that. Um, and they put three small transactions through on a credit card, hmm. right, which she had used to pay for the something, right, yep. along the way. Now, she managed to ring the credit company. They got those back. Um, she rang the, the two banks um, and notified them, but that money was gone and, you know, wasn't there. They couldn't get it back, but she reported it. She rang, she rang thankfully, she was one of the people that has reported it to Scamwatch and she rang this mm-hmm. ID Care, which is a website we'll share on our socials, um, at the end, which was, which was good. And they had also hacked her PayPal account, they had hacked, which she had used for stuff, and a whole bunch of other things. So this, you know, it just went wider and wider yeah, and wider. Yeah. And by the time she came in on uh, Monday morning, um, because there's regular money that goes out of the account, they had basically skinned the account to exactly the amount that the, that the bank would allow you to pay, like there's a threshold that you can't go under. Yep. They had done all the transactions were under the reporting threshold. Yep. But they'd got to almost the cent of money. So they knew exactly what they were doing. Like mm. it's super scary. And in fact, the money that they transferred it from the bank they transferred it, the accounts they transferred it to were at the same bank. Yep. Like it's. What, what, how? I just, I do struggle to understand the eight hours. How, what was going through her, her well, they were why const- was she on the phone for eight hours and even in her own mind? Because they were fixing and unsecuring and doing scans yeah. and running and everything takes time, right? They were just buying themselves yeah. time, right? But as she said, like she was really embarrassed. She said, I, I said, no, yeah. you look back, what they would do, it's like the hostage situation. They were just, initially they got her in under a fear and she locked up and yep. she's going to lose her computer and then they just found a door and then they just kept her under pressure. So psychologically, you know, she just couldn't, it's why some people can you know, perform in a combat situation and others can't, yeah. right? They just, she was just stressed. Yep. And, you know, it, and so we went through. So the big, the good news is that she came and saw us. We then spent a number of hours on, on Monday morning. I spent with her going through stuff. I actually rang the bank mm. <laughs> through my contacts, through our numbers to just make sure that what she had reported on Saturday actually, actually had talked to that bank, yep. which she had. And we get, and the, to be fair, the well uh, to give a big tip the person the scam the, the fraud person on the end of the line was was super helpful like was 
was really good, walked us through, you know, was never condescending, just wanted to gather an information. Now, ultimately, what they were doing was painting a picture so they could actually provide good information through their reporting systems yep. to make sure it doesn't happen again. But he gave a couple of tips. One was one, he, he froze the account and we confirmed that that had happened, but he needed from her before he would unfreeze the account or they needed before our freezing to confirm that the email account was no longer compromised, i.e. the account, the passwords and everything had been changed, the password manager, and they needed a report because she had, first thing she did on Saturday morning apart from ringing the, the institutions was go and drop her computer and her phone to the local tech people that she yep. knew to get them cleaned and wiped and they wanted an, ID, an IT report to confirm that it had been done. And now we've got to go through setting up all her codes again mm. You know, I walked through with her and showed her, you know, all the passwords she had to, you know, didn't change them for her, but said, we need to change this. She had a password manager. I said, we need to change that. She had about six different email accounts that were aliases of her in account. So they had access to her login, who Basically her a log. internet stuff, right? Yeah. So they were creating email address, fake email address accounts inside, which some of which we deleted, like we had to change. It was just horrifying, mm. the amount of yeah. stuff that had happened. And chances of her... And he getting this money back is just about remote. Yeah, yeah. Right, happened on a Friday, in on a Monday, and it's done. And that's one of the downsides of all this instant payment stuff is, you know, the money comes, the money's gone. Like, yep. it's, chances of tracing it back, it's, it's yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it just, it, just, it just puts it in perspective. This, this is a real deal when it's so close, you know. It's, that was one of our clients, so this stuff ha does happen. Yeah. And really, it's as you said earlier, it's about... Uh, the red flags making it making it urgent making you feel like one you're going to miss out or two it's going to cost you yeah and you've got to do it now yeah yeah high pressure high, high pressure, pressure sales and i think at that the end of the day yeah absolutely it's the same yeah. thing right it's a psychological thing right mm. and so i think the biggest tip for anybody is if you get to a point you're even half suspect like email easy just delete if you don't yeah. know if it comes back but if you get caught and somehow they've got the first hook and they've got you in the best thing you can do is exit the situation, whether that's mm. just hang up on them, right? Or or if you even if you feel like you can't do that, on another phone, ring somebody, right? Yeah. Now I say if if one if you're one of our clients, ring us, right? Mm. It's gonna be hard for her, you know, if it was out of hours. But even if she'd rung a mate, uh, a a family member or whatever, that would have been enough to have that conversation to go, hang on a second, no, and then the other hand because they're just into you. They just don't want you to think it's a yep. It's a pressure situation. And, and back to Ryan, who came in during the week. That one of the things he mentioned for anyone, they just just assume that your computer's compromised. Yep. Because there's or or whoever you've been emailing their computer's compromised. Because the fact is, it probably is. Yep. And they, and they're just sitting there waiting for it for an opening. Yep. I think that's the best security measure is just assume that. So whatever you do in the back in the back of your mind, just to think that someone's actually there. So what are you going to give or not give? Yeah, that's right. And I think mm. one of the things that they're leveraging out of here is that email and all this other stuff has become a huge form of convenience for us. But email was never de designed as a secure form of communication. Mm. It was to speed up the sending of an envelope. Yep. Right? But we've become so accustomed to it. Like it's like all this two-factor stuff. Mm. The reason people don't do it is because it slows down your experience, right? Yep. And so they're, all of these people, even as they get smarter, they're still working on the fact that the vast majority of people won't take the effort because it inconveniences them. Yep. And so you can never, anybody, you know, anything you do, you should try and use some form of two-factor or multi-factor authentication, mm. right? 
a text message is better than nothing, but an authenticated wrap is better again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we just got to get used to in an environment where everything happens so quickly and we're so used to doing stuff and AI is doing I mean, the good news, I think, in some of this that he shared and a few of the other um, institutions that we work with have shared was that they're actually using AI to help fight this stuff, right? Mm. They're using it because, you know, AI is about crunching large amounts of data and they're looking for unusual patterns, which is why this client got the phone call mm. or the notification, hey, we've, you know, it came through from the bank saying, hey, we've seen this unusual, is that you, right? Yep. Because she had yep. never transacted on her account directly via her login ever before in her life. Yeah. Yep. Right? So that's a good yep. news. I think the institutions are trying to help it, but... These people are just working on the, the weakest link, which One, is one of the other big ones to, for, for people to listen to be aware of um, uh, is access through USB cables. We use them oh, everywhere. We man. plug our phones in um, to USB ports. We were just talking yesterday. They say airports are the absolute worst. Airports and hotels. Never put your um, plug your phone into a USB port at an airport or on a plane um, or take a cord off someone or borrow a cord off someone to, to take your phone. Know. Yep. Because um, apparently they're the, the easiest access point for this kind of stuff is through the, through the USB. Well, you think about it. You remember when we... So plug in, plug in yep. to 240 volt, yep. charge your phone. Off of your own charge. Or off your own, in your own house or, or whatever, but mm. don't, don't do it anywhere else basically is the, is the tip. But you remember the convenience of USB, right? So how long has it been that since a, a computer here has been able to access a USB port? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when we yeah. first did that, everyone bitched and moaned and mm. carried on because it made something... Easy, yeah. more difficult, yep. but it's the biggest entry point. Yeah, because it's so easy. Yeah. That and, and free Wi-Fi networks. And Wi-Fi networks. You just don't know who's watching. There was an interesting article I just read, and was one of the links that Ryan left with us. There's an organisation that's on the deep web. They call themselves Dark, or they, the the uh, policing institutions call them Dark Hotel, mm. and so they actually target particular hotels around the world, really high class hotels around the world, and have figured out who stays there and wait for those people to check in and then they target those individuals via the Wi-Fi network. So they own something just before that person logs in. The minute they get in, they get them to do – they're still going to get them to do something. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But we, you know, click here to confirm the terms and conditions of the Wi-Fi network is enough for them to get access, right? And then they watch and then when that person checks out, they they take the stuff back off the network. Yep. Like it's so scary, right? Yeah. You can never yeah, be look, vigilant enough. That's a, the thing. Absolutely. I think this has been a, a, a great message to our, to our listeners. And um, as you said, certainly our clients, if you if you think there's a problem, give us a call. Yeah. Um, first. Um, there's always somewhere here to help you in regards to that. Um, and if you do get done, yeah, don't, don't be embarrassed. You're naturally going to feel it, but report it. Yeah, because if um, we don't report it, we don't get awareness out, yeah. we, you know, these people just keep getting away with it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we should learn, unfortunately. And we'll post a, um, a heap yeah, of some links on, to on, the, on the links on our page in regards to the tips that we spoke about. Yes, and some of the websites like Scamwatch and some of the bigger institutions because I think it's really – it sounds simple, but it's so easy to get caught. That's mm. And so just little – I mean, as I said, if it's an email and you're not sure, delete it. And if you end up on a phone call or you get caught with something, hang up. Yep. Or if you realise you've clicked something you shouldn't, talk to a reputable IT organisation that you trust to get them to clean your devices, yep. right? Because you just yep. don't know how long it'll sit there. Yep. 
So everyone, um, yeah, hope it's been a great chat and you, you get a bit out of that. Head to our Facebook page, Wealth Radar Facebook page. Let us know your thoughts on the chat. As I said, we'll have some information there for you as well. Um, please make sure you like our page um, and don't miss our next episode where we'll be going. We'll be going overseas to Jason's. Yeah, I think so. Um, five-day conference that took five weeks. Oh, be please. Anyway, it'll be good to share some stuff and it's, it's good to be back and chatting again. So hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. This podcast is for informational purposes only and the information contained is of a general nature and may not be relevant to your particular circumstances. The circumstances of each investor are different and you should seek advice from a professional financial advisor who can consider if particular strategies and products are right for you. In all instances where information is based on historical performance, it is important to understand this is not a reliable indicator of future performance. You should not rely on any material on this podcast to make investment decisions and should seek professional advice.